Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. Guys, just don't fight girls. I'll fight with you. You're messy. Are you serious? She's a fighter and she's trying to get in our way. I don't care if she's a girl or a baby or somebody's grandmother. I'll still knock her out. Oh, I love your style. It's an equal playing field and anything goes. But let me check first to make sure. You pervert! What was that? Now I know. cold open like that in a minute anyway aj or cd here once again your host of orcd's uncensored mind and of course once again joined no question mark necessary i have checked a thousand times we are specifically this we have specifically the same exact mother of course i'm here once again with my brother to see dave what's up dave what's going on dave? back in the saddle again my friend how did everything go i uh, hope we got a clean bill of health all good on operation sam everything's going okay yeah, everything's fine. Everything's no matter of just waiting at this point. This, 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 they're just twiddling their thumbs and tapping yeah. their toes. I, essentially, it's what it is. <laughs> All is good. All is well. Uh, last week you were not here. We did a little. We did a little forbidden door and money in the bank because, right. as right. I said on the show, I completely forgot because <clears throat> it was for, we were busy. I was in Jersey with you guys. Mm-hmm. That money in the bank not only was happening that it existed, so oh, I, I didn't get you a keep chance. trying to write it off. So I I'll didn't. I completely forgot that it was happening, and then I read the results of what happened, and I went, you know what? No, I'm good. And I just, <laughs> I still haven't gone back. I don't, I'm not entirely sure that I will. Uh, but we did do a little bit of that last week, and we did do a little bit of Forbidden Door. Now I know you didn't watch Money in the Bank, no, but you did watch Forbidden Door. How'd that I go did. for you? It was great. It was actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Okay. Every match that so our complaints still stood. I think. I think everything we I did say that too was going to be crappy was still crappy. (laughs) But I believe the New Japan being there interacting with the guys was so good that it just countered the shit. Like Mm. every match that we thought were going to be bad, I can point to and say great match because of this 
if it wasn't for this, this would be completely opposite. The people that were we were question marking about, yeah, were kind of irrelevant in the match, and the other guys that we were excited to see in the match actually just kind of took over. And New Japan, the New Japan wrestlers, maybe I wanted to ask you this. Um, they seem like they came in with like the right vibe for this market. Does that make sense? Like when yeah. you watch New Japan, they, they have a different style, though, especially with the way that they interact with the fans. This one, they really came in and it just like, I don't know, they fed more taunts. They fed into the crowd more than I see them in their own area. So I, yeah. I, I didn't know what you thought about they that. They changed to a more American style of performance. Okay, so they, they did. did intentionally do that. Yes. I okay. first It was uh, great. The I first match, it. which was the trios match, the one with Jericho and Kingston, I got my first taste of that when Minoru Suzuki came out. And about halfway through his entrance, he was asking the audience, come on. I was like, oh, my God, no, that seemed out of place. Yeah. But for him, you know, in Japan, they don't really tend to do that a lot. No, no, so, no, they don't. Yeah. So no, it was, I, it was it really fucking good. This card, I will still stand on the hill that this card is doo-doo. Hey, it's a doo-doo. <laughs> it's a doo-doo card. But I feel like they made the best out of what they had. If they did this with this card, I could only fucking imagine seeing the matchups that we really should be seeing. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That shit was good. And it's nice to see Okada, man. That dude is just insane. That Orange Cassidy match was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It was better I still than wish, it had any business being. I still wish it was somebody else in the ring, but that match was, was pretty good. Oh, man. It was it was a good pay-per-view. It was a good pay-per-view. Any, uh, was that your... Would you would you call that match your kind of like your standout match? That's the one. Or Which one? The, Orange Cassidy? Orange Cassidy and uh, Osprey. Uh, Orange Cassidy and Osprey. No, I wouldn't. I think the. I think it's because I don't know. I just kind of really like Okada. I think that Okada match was probably my favorite. Okada, the yeah, rain that, o- that Okada match <clears throat> was was fucking good. That Jay what I I don't. Know. That's a, that's what I'm saying with the uh, Adam Adam Page man. He, it hurts because I don't want him to not be the champion, but there's re- uh, reasons why I feel like he shouldn't be. But in matches like this, he he just stands out. Like he's really good in the ring. Mm-hmm. I I just think it's like if his gimmick was a little different for me, I think I'd be more behind him. Oh, you're not but, behind. You don't like uh cowboy shit. No, I'm not. <clears throat> I'm not buying into. It. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I know people like it. But his presence in the ring, I, I like the way he works. So, I don't know. It was a great match. I, that one was probably my favorite. Look at that. Look at that wrestling jargon coming out. I like the way he works. He's a worker. I like, <laughs> there his, you go. I like his work style. He's got a good style. I like the way he does his style. Marks, marks know the words sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Did you get it? Did you ever hear anything about Money in the Bank? Unfortunately. You did? Yeah. Oh, okay. The kind of things that you hear about Money in the Bank. Uh, the women's. Oh, yes. They they did it. <laughs> which is ironic, which is weird because I saw that on, obviously, I saw it on, like, Facebook. It popped up. And then I, I kind of looked at it a little bit. I'm like, this is gross. And then um, I found it weird that my buddy didn't, like, blow up my phone. He's, for the whole year, he's been saying she was going to get the belt. And I'm like, there's no way they're going to do it. And they finally did it. Yeah, they gave her the belt. 
<laughs> he did it. Uh, Ronda push. Rousey of all people. Uh, push. <laughs> push. The the the, the shove. Was, was that was that the rub? <laughs> that that was a shove. They didn't That's nasty. That. They she won't are, have it for long. They are committed to telling you that she's good. <laughs> please like her. We like her. So you guys, please like her because she's the one that we're trying she's to. Not a, she's not a part of that three million, is she? No, I don't think so. Okay. Jesus. Would make more sense. Yeah. So yeah, Liv Morgan, uh, Money in the Bank winner. Theory, Money in the Bank winner for the men. And I can't wait for the eventual theory versus Roman. Well, they're they're, they're doing the same thing with him. Oh yeah, no, a thousand percent. What is happening with that? I mean, that's McMahon. Is protege. he a part of the three million? Could be. I have a feeling he's part of the three million. <laughs> I have a feeling he's a part of the three million. He's going too hard for someone who don't got three. <laughs> he million does take an awful lot of selfies. He has to he have has, something in he, the background. He, he acts. He has a minimum of three million in the bank. <laughs> Out of so, nowhere, it's just a three million. Just a three million electronic transfer to his account. I don't know where the, what the hoopla <laughs> about this guy is, but they're really trying to push him to the roof, to he's, the moon. He's got I don't see it happening. Yeah. I don't see it happening. But if it does, we got another Liv Morgan situation on our hands. I just it won't. It won't last long. I don't understand the rush of things. He's twenty-four. Good look. Can cut a promo. Decent heel. You, nope. You're done. You just said the right thing. Vince McMahon plus good look equals to the moon. <laughs> to the moon. Well, to he's the got, moon. And well, you know what? It sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. So let's see what we're gonna, happens. We're gonna see where he stands. He's got, I would he's say got the man the, next. He did the same thing to Randy Orton. Mm, yeah, and he fell on his ass. Oh, okay, but eventually Yeah, he got alleged, it eventually, yeah. He, he got, got, it, he got eventually. it eventually. So we'll we'll We'll, well see what happens. I don't want to completely write the guy off, but I said the same. Hey, I said the same thing when Orton was going. I was I was the young old guy saying nobody has to pay their dues anymore. <laughs> he I, was just handed I this know, opportunity. You, you gotta remember me talking about Randy Orton like that. Man. Oh, I was like, course. dude, who's this guy? He's all oh, because he's related to somebody. Oh, nobody now, has to work anymore. Now the whole he business just, is filled with those now. Now it's filled with them, and I'm like, dude. Randy Orton is a god. You know what I mean? Times change. You he never got know. really good. He's better than his dad and his grandfather was, I oh, think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, who was I just going to say a second ago? The, is, this, uh, is, is this a gimmick or is his injury uh, really that bad? Who? Oh, the uh, Randy's injury? Yeah. I'm hearing it's very bad. They're quite yeah, they, they they're keep saying, saying career end the, ending. Yeah, they say, they're, they're saying he'll be back at the end of the year, but there are a lot of reports coming out that he may be done. And, Shit. and that what would suck it? because the 20th anniversary, like a few months ago, he was like, "Yeah, I got like 10 more years in me." What? What was boom. it? What did he hurt? His back. Oh, it was a spot in the ring. Uh, they were doing something. Tag titles were on the line. He took a bad bump. It wasn't even like a bump. Like it was like a crazy. Like he took something weird. I think if if my memory serves correctly, I think he was delivering the move. He just landed on his back, and it just it happens. You, you could make that bump a thousand times, a thousand and one. You could hurt something, and he did. Hopefully, so, he's all right, we'll and hopefully, he takes it as a sign that he Randy, may not have to keep going that hard. Randy Orton is the picture of I don't want to do shit, but I still want to rock the house. He doesn't do much of anything, but his matches still fucking run the gauntlet to this day. So if he got hurt, yeah. it was all something booty, and that sucks. Well, that's a <clears throat> that's one of the benefits to being able to pull off. 
uh, getting a move that everybody loves. That move, he can literally do nothing and just do that move. If anything, it helps the gimmick of the move. <laughs> like, he could just be sitting in a chair and just jump up and, and pull off that move, and the crowd would lose his shit, so. There you go. Well, speaking of WWE, we're not going to do, actually, we're not going to do a whole lot of wrestling here today, but I did want to update people because the last time you were on the show, it was you and Pombo. And we were here, and we were talking about the Vince McMahon controversy and the whole mm-hmm. he's in a lot of trouble deal. And I think you and I, and Joe to some degree, sat here and said, I don't know if th- even this is enough to do anything with Vince's position in the but WWE. You, I think you were the one that said that it's actually a little I, bit more. I it, was far it more was skeptical. Serious. Yes, I far. No, no, you said it was more serious. Yes, I was far more skeptical about the idea of him not getting in trouble. I'm like, I don't know. I think this is pretty bad. Well, if I was on the, if I was saying it was pretty bad with one woman and three million dollars worth of hush money, shit didn't hit the fan because it's gotten worse. <laughs> more documentation is arriving, more things are coming out during the course of this federal investigation and it turns out it's not one woman, it's four and it's not three women, it's I mean 3 million, it's 12. And now we're getting into deep territory here. Uh and I don't mean this cuz remember from what I understand, from what I've read, he hasn't been using any of 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 um actually that's still up for debate. I was just gonna put a declarative statement out there, but that's still up for debate now because before there were people hearing it was his own money, then there were people hearing that it was company money. Now that line's pretty blurred in the sense of it could have possibly have been both. So we we don't know yet. They're still having the investigation, things are coming out and there's a lot of people now coming out and saying that Vince's appearance on the shows. Remember we were making a joke about like how gangster it is like he's he's under investigation so the first thing he does is go on television and just start mm-hmm. smiling and waving and shit. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of people now internally believing that that was Vince's goodbye. That even Vince is starting to come to the conclusion that this run may actually be over now. Because who the fuck is if, saying that? If he's if he, I put it like this, if he is doing the appearances when it was just one woman and three million, because I really believe he feels like he could shake one woman three million. I don't think he's going to be, I don't think anyone's biting a bullet for that. But if these numbers start going up, like when Bill Cosby got in trouble, ah, it's one woman, it's just, oh, her word against his, he's a Goliath in the industry, it's not going to affect, then it became like 60 women, they were like, oh, there may be a problem here. Like if he, if we're at one and then four, what's to stop it to get to seven or nine, and then we're in double digits, and now we've got a problem. So he's already stepped out as CEO and chairman of the board, he's no longer in that position but he still holds ties to the company. He actually owns still a majority stock in most of the WWE. It'd be pretty hard to get rid of him, even if all these allegations are 100% true. But I guess I'll ask the question, should they? If you're the board of directors of a multi-billion dollar company and your owner is out here just going fucking banana sandwich on women and paying them off, is that a deal breaker for you? Do you sit here and say maybe we should consider voting him out? Well, 
make, I keep, I, I still am not seeing anything about these women. Seeing anything in terms of what specific information about, about like the like what happened? Like, are you telling me he well, fucking gave that's money the thing. said don't they're tell nobody? All, they're keeping or did he all rape that. them? Did that's he put them saying. against their will? Will did he did he do is is this consensual or not? I don't care that somebody stepped out and started talking because of fame, more money, whatever the bullshit. They're mad at him. I don't care about that. Did they fuck? Were they, what was the situation, and if it was consensual, and then here's money, like it was a part of the deal, and then they're like, here's money, don't say nothing, yeah. or did he rape them? And there's a difference between, <sighs> God, I'm going to get killed. There's a difference between being afraid to be fired and having sex, or doing it with that as a defense, but taking it as an opportunity right so that's the gray area right i think what helps you could always fall back on that shit i think what ahead. helps your point but also helps vince is that if he, he, he let's say he the allegations are true and he paid 12 million dollars in hush money right let's say it's true well he paid them hush money and they hushed the women in question are not the ones coming after vince you would think if there was sexual assault or a rape or like you said there's a difference between you're you're in fear of losing your job and he's putting you in this uncomfortable position and then there was well if I fuck him I might move up. Right. There's a difference in that. And right. she probably said, "Hey, if I fuck him I'll move up." And he said, "Yeah, if you fuck me you might move up." And then didn't move up and they're like, "Well, here's Here's a cut of the pie. And I mean, she did somewhere. move up, just not the WWE. The only, if there is but a difference. She got paid. And I think there is a, a factor to be played here when you say to yourself, he paid these women to be quiet and they actually were quiet. It wasn't like they turned the money down and went forward with allegations. But that's why or, I'm, just, I'm just confused now. There's another <clears throat> lady in play, though. I forget her name, and I apologize for that. I didn't have time to look it up, but I just thought about it right now. There's another lady who filed uh, another grievance against Vince McMahon, but that's not recent. This happened back, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was 91 or 92, a long time ago, of a female referee who also claims sexual assault. But this, hers is specific. She says sexual assault, that she was sexually assaulted by Vince directly. Now, that's a, that's a different play, but that's not a, currently under investigation. That's not a part of the controversy, but the family of the woman in question, because this was years ago. She was no lady. I don't think she's even with us anymore. But the family of that woman has stepped forward, and they were like, well, remember, you guys thought my grandmother or whatever mother was a lying piece of shit back then, and now we're hearing that he's paying women off. What's up? So, I mean, there's a lot of factors at play. They're still investigating everything, and we'll see what happens at the end. I'm mentioning this we'll on the show as an update, but we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah, because I maybe it's just the way that I've been born up in this business. I I just don't think he can. I think he's a god. I I do. I buy into that. I don't think anyone can touch him. I think I think if, even if this all comes out true, he paid these women off. He was a little aggressive. Whatever the case may be. And then at the end, they're going to go, yeah, he did it, but fuck it. 
<laughs> and that's what I really feel like at the end of the day is going to end up happening. Unless, like we pr- projected last time, unless it's a power play and they use it to be petty and get him out. That's why I was asking if you're the board of directors, whether he did this or didn't do it. If you want Vince McMahon out of the picture, is this enough for you to go to the board and say, let's have a vote? Uh, I don't know, but I think Vince knows. Yeah. So if you yeah, watch the way Vince moves, I think that will tell us a lot. <laughs> I I thought his body language was perfect when he came out there. He was loose. He was smiling. He was whatever. So that I, I could be him just playing the game, or it could be him just going, this motherfucker's not going to touch me. Look at me. Teflon Don over here. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, so I just want to give everybody an update on that and let people know that it's it's it, this is getting... This is updating. It's not like I some love, story that's stagnant. I just love how the internet and like people, news reporters that don't know shit about wrestling or anything, just make... The news itself, man, it's crazy. They're all over this shit, talking yeah. about it, talking about wrestling, and they got no fucking clue what's going on, and they're just trying to drive this. Because he's a monster in the news eyes. Like, everyone knows that. Like, especially and he that, was a monster before this. Absolutely. That's so what I'm helps. saying. They, this helps their case a lot. There's yeah. a history. I would imagine any news reporting company you walk in as a picture of his face saying enemy number one. Like devil horns and a no smoking yeah, sign. Absolutely. All there. drawn on. <laughs> With like they, markers, they colored in some of his teeth so they look gapped. Yep, dark, uh, dark marks. <laughs> black, on the picture. black yep. eye. What was it? Exactly. You remember half baked? It was like six, six, six. The mark of the beast. It's <laughs> like from the fucking guy, <laughs> nasty Nate. Nasty Nate. Had a picture of nasty Nate and his fucking. That's what Vince is to these people. Is nasty Vince. Yeah, we'll see what happens. One of his muscle and fitness pictures, all greased up, and they're like, no, the devil, six, six, six. The mark of the beast. Yep. So yeah, so we'll 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 keep you guys abreast of the situation as we continue on. But where do you find these words? <laughs> that's a vo- that's a vocab word. You have to keep people abreast of the situation. You didn't know about that? No. You didn't hear about this? You didn't see this? No. <laughs> nope. I probably yeah. never will again after today. A lot going on. A lot going on. Have you ever seen Stranger Things? You asked me this before. I did. I'm bringing and, it up for a reason. Did you? And I said no. No, he did not. And I think I went not over some of it with shit. you from before. Yeah. Nope. <clears throat> so I saw something very, very interesting this weekend. Not, I mean, it's kind of Stranger Things, I guess. In the last season, there was a new character introduced. His name is Eddie. Yes, Eddie Munson. And he's kind of an older gentleman. And he's got, this is, this whole show takes place in the 80s. So it's like uh, uh, he he looked very eighties hairband kind of look, right? And throughout the whole show, he's doing a bunch of shit. He gets into some trouble. The kids are trying to help him. All kinds of stuff. No spoilers on my end. But uh, with all this Kate Bush talk from this season, which warranted because that scene was awesome. That running up the hill song has made Kate Bush more money now than probably in 1985 when she made the fucking song. Um, they tried to up the ante a little bit. So Eddie's job was to be paired with another character named Dusty, and they were gonna play. I mean, yeah, they were gonna play distraction. They need. They're in the what's called in the show the Upside Down, which is kind of like their version of a, like a hell version of their own town. They're in hell essentially. They're in the Upside Down. And they are trying to accomplish something, but these blood-sucking bats 
keep getting in the fucking way. So Eddie and Dusty were like, okay, we're going to play distraction. We'll we'll do something over here, and that'll draw the bat's attention. That should free you guys up to do what you got to do. They didn't know how. They just knew that, that we're going to play distraction. So they went to this far-off area so that it would be out of the way. And on the way, Eddie finds an electric guitar. And he goes, oh, I got this. I got an idea. We'll cause all this ruckus with the guitar, right? So they go to their spot. They plug in the amp. And Eddie looks over at Dusty. He's like, all right, let's see what we can do. And he fucking starts playing. And he's thrashing Metallica's puppets, uh, Puppet Master. Uh-huh. It was fucking awesome. He's just picking. And of course it gets the bat's attention. So they start coming through. Huge scene. It was just it was so fucking awesome just to hear that shit. Anyway, the reason why I bring it up, it's a Metallica song. Puppets Puppet Master. So I didn't even know this. This is how far into technology we are and how high in age I've become. Metallica apparently has a TikTok. I didn't know this. Metallica's on TikTok. I didn't Wait, know. what? Yes. One of the most metal bands in the history of metal in, in the 80s. They have a TikTok, like right now as we speak. And they do little videos from time to time, whatever. And... So they thought it would be cool. They took the scene from Stranger Things with Eddie playing Puppet Master and they put on Hellfire Club t-shirts, which is what Eddie's a, a, a group, uh, a D&D group called Hellfire Club. They put on the Hellfire Club shirt and they did what they what the kids do on TikTok. They do little duets. They'll play one video and they kind of mimic the video. So Metallica mimics their own song on TikTok. They played the Eddie the scene in the show where he played the thing, and they played with him, with the with the Hellfire Club song on, and they're upset. I was like, "Where the fuck is my life right now?" Or <laughs> I'm watching Metallica cover Metallica based off of a show on Netflix on their TikTok platform. New day. Live a good life. It's a new day. <laughs> it's That's crazy that day. they got a TikTok that actually <laughs> Yes, and it's got so many people on it. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm like, wait a minute. TikTok for Metallica? All right. I guess it's a, I bet you the folks at TikTok were like, we got Metallica? We're in. This is it. We've made it. <laughs> even even in, even they were like, wait, Metallica's got TikTok. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they were like, wait, Metallica has a TikTok. Oh my god, I'm looking. You would be surprised. Oh well, maybe you wouldn't be. I I definitely, of course, I open my TikTok app and the first thing I see is a big titted Asian in here doing something weird. Hold on a second. Don't blame it on my algorithm. I do more than look at titties on TikTok. Hold on one second. I just wanted to confirm because they've got the official thing. There's another group here that I'm pretty sure that if I check this out, I'll check it out as we go along because my phone's acting funny. But, yeah, they have a a fucking TikTok, and they did the whole thing with Eddie. So uh, I just thought that was pretty cool. I'm like, man. That is pretty cool. They're keeping it, you know, they're, they're sticking, they're trying to stick with the times. I know. I listen to little funny duddies. I'm know? sure the people over at in the on that show are like they couldn't believe they got their attention <laughs> like that. So that's pretty cool. 
Oh, here it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's not on here. Good. Oh, man. This might be next for TikTok. I just double-checked to see if Eminem is on here. He is not. He better not be. Oh, my God. I would lose my shit. He better not be. <laughs> never. I better it's part never. of the gimmick. He can't do it. He might as well if he if he did that he might as well just go ahead and just open a grinder. I can see right I can now. see him in the board. I can see him in the board meeting. Um, we need a TikTok, bro. This is where it's at. We Can't need a it. TikTok. Part of the gimmick. Committed to the bit. <laughs> Commit to the bit, baby. Oh man. So I have uh, a major topic. Uh oh. For us to discuss here. Uh-huh. And it, you you. You may get into it because it will be an opportunity for you to shit on people. What? Uh, but you may not. I don't know. We'll feel it out. But the the one thing that I wanted to talk about here on the show. Recently, here in the House of O, uh-huh. we've gotten inebriated. Uh-huh. And we've began what is known as philosophical debates. Ooh, those are dangerous. We've been... <laughs> Yeah, we almost got divorced over a few of them. It like, happens, bro. It happens. Uh, but yeah, we've been having some philosophical debates. And it all began when we went down an accidental rabbit hole. So Those are the best. Yeah, so the last time my sisters were here, they were watching something on Netflix. I didn't know what it was. It looked interesting, but I, I couldn't pay attention to it. I, I asked what it was. I forgot what they said. Anyway, because they started watching it, you know, it gets left on your continue watching whatever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as I we were finishing Stranger Things and we were wrapping different shows up, I'm also still wrapping up. I have to finish Ms. Marvel. Um, so there are a lot of things on my docket here. So I, I saw it sitting in my continued. It was called Meltdown Three Mile Island. Now, for those of you who do not know, there is a town in Pennsylvania that has a little mini island. If you're the best way I could describe it is like if if you're from New York and you've always heard of like Randall Island or Ellis Island, where there's a small little island surrounded by water from a river in between two big landmasses. It's like this small little inner not like an island off to itself. It's between, you know, two big landmasses is people who travel through it and yada yada yada. And this was in the late 70s. I think I just said the 78. And they had nuclear power plants. Um, well, it's a nuclear power plant. It's one plant. But they got different what they call units. That's those big tunnel-looking things that go into the sky and puff out smoke. They created the first unit in 1974. There was a second unit made in 1978, and in 1978, about two months, I want to say, two months into that unit operating, it failed, and there was a huge nuclear accident on this island. The kind of accident that is affecting them today, mind you. Mm. So, uh, apparently the girls were watching this. They were already about midway through, and I clicked on it. They started talking, and I was like, I'm going to start this over. So I started it over. It's a four-part documentary, about 48 minutes each. It's nothing crazy, but I was just curious because I have heard of Three Mile Island, mm-hmm. but I knew nothing about it. Okay. So this particular documentary has what I call the perfect variety. It has people who live in the community, 
people who were children at the time in the community who are now adults, mm -hmm. people who worked for the company at the time, and people who were third-party commissioned employees who came to assist at Three Mile Island after the accident. And they're all telling stories about what happened both in and out. Mm -hmm. And the reason why there was a philosophical debate in my house is because throughout the course of this story, the first is in chapters, one, two, three, four. The first chapter talks about what happened the day of the accident and gives you a brief history of their nuclear inclusion, meaning uh, what made them decide to even have nuclear power being in a facility that close to suburban homes and a community. It was like, bro, it's like right there. Mm -hmm. you, when you come out of your front door to stretch in the morning, there's two nuclear units sitting in front of your house. Right? Well, maybe so, they wanted like the best power, right? Well, like, the, according to the government, the reason why they had the, the best, the, I hear it's fresher when you're close, like right? The, to like it. the closer to the yeah. router you I don't are, want wireless. I want to be hardwired in. I'm right, 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 right. Direct I want to be links into the power. When I turn my blender on, I want it to turn into dust. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I want to purify for real. Yeah, exactly. uh, puree, I should say. But mm -hmm. uh, they, the, so the government had, this was during the late 70s, and they were trying to get away from foreign oil. They wanted okay. a power source that they can have locally and not have to rely on other question, uh, countries for their support. So they started going nuclear crazy. They were putting up plants all over the place. And the latest one they had done was the one here at Three Mile Island. And they had every procedure in place and safety this. And remind you, in 1974, which was four years before the accident, they had a unit in place and it never had a situation ever. No issues. That's why they put in a second unit. Everything was going so well. So they put in the second unit. Within two months, they had a small system failure that turned into a big system failure that turned into a, a holy fuck, we're in trouble. All within a span of like a few hours. It just kind of cascaded down, 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 down mm -hmm. into a series of problems. And there was re uh, actor reenactments when they were telling the story. So that's that made it even funnier to see these actors trying to react to what was a real situation. It's hilarious. So short version of what happened at Three Mile Island is they were in the what they call the control room where they keep an eye on all the gauges, all the monitors, blah, blah, blah. And they started with one single red flash. Boop, boop, boop. And they were like, okay, that's an issue. Let's see if we can rectify that, repair that. Then it turned into three, boop, boop, then seven, boop, boop. And it was like, okay, this is, my balls are tightening up. I'm starting to sweat a little bit. I'm in a nuclear power plant and shit is flashing, so this is not good. So let's keep an eye on that. So, <laughs> they're, so they're doing a bunch of things. And then out of nowhere, out of the blue, about an hour or so, maybe two hours into this crisis situation, they hear a loud thump, boom. And, of course, every asshole in the room tightens up. Oh, oh yeah. what was that? Sphincters. Oh, yeah. So they start running tests, trying to make sure there was no equipment failure, whatever the case may be. And they're not picking anything up on the equipment. So one of the engineers literally says out loud, let's not worry about that now. We have another issue. So they said, okay, let's move on to the other issue. Move to the other issue. 
And they're realizing there's radioactive material coming out. There's a problem here. So the controller, who's the guy who basically runs that unit, there's two controllers, one that runs unit one, one that runs unit two, and the controllers are basically the man. They 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 make all the decisions. They they're in control here, and they said we need to go see if there's radioactivity coming out of that unit, out of that reactor. And since I don't want to, in case there is, and I don't want anybody else to get sick on on my word, I'm gonna load up, I'm gonna suit up, and I'm gonna go check for myself. So they said, "Well, this guy's a man's man. Look at that, ballsy, right?" Two other assistants come with him. It's like, oh, we're not going to let him go by himself. I got balls too. Fuck this guy. I'm going to go with him. So these three dudes walk into the system, and they start walking down the reactor, and they got these meters that register and let them know the amount of radioactivity is in their surrounding area. It looks like with the Ghostbusters thing when they were looking for fucking ectoplasm or whatever the fuck, spiritual interference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks just like that. You hear the... And the closer he got to the reactor, that shit started bugging. And it's bugging. And it's bugging. And he's like, this is not good. This thing shouldn't be doing this like no this. No bueno. No bueno. Now, arm pops out of his ribs. <laughs> now, according to the show, the maximum amount of what they call REMs, that's the, that's the amount of radioactivity you can be exposed to as a person, should be somewhere between two and three. Two and three REMs. You can you can do that safely, not for a long period of time. Easy, light that, work. Yeah, light work. You I can do that easy that. and be healthy. It's all right. Yeah, yeah, we're good. So the closer he gets to the uh, the reactor, he's in the double digits. Whoa! And he's like, "This is not good." And <laughs> then when they got to the reactor, they hit triple digits. And he said, oh, we have a problem. So they turned around immediately. I mean, he's dead at that point. He turned around immediately, and he runs. The three of them are just booking. And they get back to where they started. It's like a movie. So they start banging on the door. Hey, we got to get out of here. This is a high level. And they said, no, we're not opening that door. Fuck you. Because, and I didn't know this, but apparently the radiation suit itself has a limit. To how many REMs it can take. And triple digits ain't it. <laughs> so they said, listen, if you if you hit triple digits, nigga, you you got it. <laughs> it's like, I'm not opening this door because then you're gonna give it to all of us. Just hold on a second. Relax. Let's think about this for a second. <laughs> listen, this is gonna happen. All right. We're gonna leave the building. All yeah. right, and I'm gonna press the button on my iPhone. Yeah, iPhone in 1978. But like, but, <laughs> but, but, but hear me out. All right, I'm gonna hit the button. Just yeah. stay calm. We're gonna leave the area. Yeah. Like I don't understand why once they saw five, they didn't go. Yeah, I'm not. And, and be nowhere. <laughs> and be nowhere because near the reactor. Okay. Like that shit to me is stupid. He needed, to, I, but he needed to go to the reactor because. And I'll tell why? you, I'll I'll finish it why? in a second. Anything you about to say now, I'm I'm gonna. Because preemptively encounter you by saying be, no. Because because <laughs> if it would have st- if he would have gotten to the reactor, and it would have been let's say like we said two or three REMs is the most a human can take. He gets to the reactor and sees a twenty. That's bad, obviously, but that's bad containment, nigga. You're at triple digits. You took two steps in the into the area. Not even, you're like a mile he didn't away get, from the reactor. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He didn't get to the reactor. As soon as he hit triple digits, they ran. 
No, nigga, as soon as you hit five, I'm nowhere <laughs> near the react. No, because if, I took, like I, I, like bro, I was I'm just going saying. I'm up a number per step. <laughs> uh, so if I, my calculation <laughs> serves me correctly, step. I got about a buck 20 steps to get to the reactor, which means <laughs> this motherfucker is at over 100. I'm not going over there. <laughs> it's over 100. I, I'm not what? going over there. Let me back in the building. He, we have he a got to 88 and went, no. Keep going. <laughs> Nigga, he got to 10 and kept going. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If it no. would have been a low double digit, that's bad, but that's a contained leap. I would Listen to me. Triple uh, digits way, was an I, I'm going to be honest with you. This is the way my brain works. I would have hit five, and I would have been like, let me see. Let me, let, me, let me ask myself a question. If I was the guy on the other side of that door, and I know this suit, I can basically just become a radioactive bomb if I go anywhere past the number I'm already at. Why the fuck would I continue to walk if I know they're just gonna leave he, me in here to I don't die? Know. He he needed to get he, according. No, I'm, I'm gonna assume See, that's the problem. Back based then, on niggas is way too committed to the. That's job. what it was. There you go. Fuck your buck. Fuck your hundred thousand a year. You can that's take where that I was shit headed. Shove it up that's your where ass. I was headed. He kept I'm going himself. home. These Gen Z niggas got it right. <laughs> he, <laughs> nah, y'all pay me enough <laughs> to go over five. He was telling himself I had to get there. And nah. he never did get there because once it got to triple digits, he was like, he pulled the cord. Now we out. Nah, fuck that. But that's here's what sports. happened. Here's what that's happened. What, that's how sports do you wrong, because, up, bro. Because he was exposed to that much. He it, dead now. He gone. Well, here's the deal. He, he, it got, the he got through the suit and they all got contaminated. Absolutely. The two assistants, over time, they died from their exposure. Yeah, because they were the, sitting in that room the, melting. The main guy is still alive to this day. How they let him out? And, well, when he first got contaminated, they said, well, hold on, we're not opening this door just yet. Hold on a second. You <laughs> Hear me you, out. You need to decontaminate first. So there was a section. Of the, they had to walk from where they were to a whole other side of the facility to a, to a decontamination unit. And it's basically just, it's a room with a cot and some essentials and then like a big shower area. And you need to take anywhere from four to five hour showers consecutively. You need to be in that water for four to five hours. And you need to, they gave you a scrubber and a certain type of soap. And basically, you know when your skin sheds, like over time, they give you the the procedure that they walk you through is a procedure that basically, you're basically scrubbing your skin to the point where you're accelerating how much skin that you're shedding. And it helps relieve the contamination within your body. So they, he was there. He took four to five hour showers multiple times a day, every day for like a week to get to an acceptable level. He wasn't even fully decontaminated, but get to an acceptable level to where they could wear a suit and even be around him. Then from there, they took him to a medical facility where he was quarantined and then they had to decontaminate him from there. And then he got better over time. But this is a month's process that he had to go through just for being in that room for like a minute. Now, that's to illustrate how strong a problem this was going to end up being. Okay? So they found out through our hero here that they have a major problem on their fucking hands. And now they're hearing sounds. Now they're hearing 
all kinds of weird shit coming from that reactor, and that is a huge problem. But, and this is where the philosophical debate comes in, the, there's two groups of people who are involved with this situation. The government, mayor, secretary of the mayor, even the president at one point got involved with this. And then the other group is a group called Metro Edison. They're the ones who owned the power plants mm-hmm. and the ones who were a part of the procedures in shutting this place down. Because that was, for some reason, their primary concern was shutting it down completely mm-hmm. and then reassessing what the hell happened. So, long story short again, they pushed a bunch of buttons, made a bunch of decisions, and despite all of the damage that was being done, they were able to shut the plant completely down. Damn. So there was no explosion, there was nothing huge that happened. Except for the fact and this is just a small fact, but it, mm-hmm. you, you, you got to put it on the table. The minute that reactor started leaking to the point where this guy got sick, it started entering the atmosphere. Mm. And, <laughs> and right. everyone's breathing this shit in now. So, mm-hmm. But here's where the debate comes in. They, they being the government, Mm-hmm. took press conferences and meetings mm-hmm. and all this stuff for the public to tell them that they're good that nothing was being leaked into mm-hmm. the atmosphere you guys are 100% safe 100%. don't worry about it i actually used the phrase 100% safe don't your, worry about your it. lights might be out for a little bit yeah and you might we'll get that up in no time don't your, worry your tongue will now have an eyeball but just don't worry mm-hmm. about it and mm-hmm. you know you're safe don't worry about it everything's cool it's all right. And this was the 70s, right? So this was rah, rah, go America time mm-hmm. period. So everybody was like, well, the government says we're good. We're good, right? This is, we're, we're straight. Everything's all right. Everything's fine. So this, <laughs> they're telling everyone we're fine. We're good. Don't worry about it. But then the company released scientists within the community and they're using those same gigameter, whatever, the one that measures radioactivity, mm-hmm. the one that the guy used inside the facility. They're now walking the streets. I believe it's Middletown, Pennsylvania. And they're walking the streets with the meters. It's like, yeah, just in case. I just want to see if the air is any good. And that shit's going off. <laughs> so they're like, okay. So it's within at least this community, right? Mm-hmm. So they get back. And they tell the boss, you know, we have a little little bit of an issue. Uh, that radioactivity is really getting into the atmosphere, and it's really yep. getting into the community. We should probably tell them something. So the government was like, I got this. Mm. So they went and did a press conference, told everybody again that they're safe, they're good. If there's any situation that needs to be addressed to you, you will be notified immediately. And the mayor put a team together that, Dang, had a, not the team. that had a list of phone numbers. This is the 70s, mm-hmm. folks. Mm-hmm. And if any new news came down from him, they were to get on those phones and call the people to update them on the information. So they're telling the people on TV, you're safe, don't worry about it. But then the mayor himself and his team are calling the phone numbers and telling them this exactly. You ready? They said, hey. We know you heard the news. You're all aware that we've had a little bit of an accident over at the plant here on Three Mile Island. I want to assure you, 
that you are still safe. We are going to protect you and your neighbors and citizens. And everything is under control. We have the system in shutdown. The, the, the radioactivity has been contained. And we want you to be aware that there is absolutely no reason for evacuation. Oh, nice. None whatsoever. That's good because all my belongings are here. Yeah, he, but, but catch this. He goes, there's absolutely no reason for evacuation. Everything's under control. Then there's a pause and he goes, but just in case something should happen, we would like all of you to please... Begin making preparations in case you may have to leave. Pack a few things. Make a choice on a destination of where you need to be. Whatever it is, be ready. Be vigilant. Don't leave. He said this. Don't leave. There's no reason for you to leave. But just in case, pack some shit. That's all he said. And the minute they hung those phones up, 44,000 people left Middletown, Pennsylvania. I'm out. <laughs> They're probably on the phone. Hey, I get you, Mayor. Good luck to you. Hope all is well. Hung the phone up. We need to get the fuck out of here. This is yeah, bullshit. He didn't even finish his sentence before they started and here's, loading up the car. And here's the philosophical debate. Because my wife said, soon as that phone hung up, I'd have been packing my shit and I'd have been out. And my rebuttal was, I don't think you would have. What? Said, what? Hear me out. You trying to get killed. I said, I don't think you would have. And she goes, what are you talking about? They're a nuclear power plant, and they're telling me I should be prepared just in case? No, I got to get out of there. And I said, well, blah, 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 blah. You're making that decision based off of experience and hindsight being 2020. In 1978... We didn't know enough about nuclear power to be like, yeah, this is an issue. We didn't know. We know something could go wrong, but everyone involved with this, they had people, they had the president go out there and talk to people. They had the mayor. They had scientists from the company, scientists from third-party companies that were like, oh, no, you guys are not in any risk at all whatsoever. You get eight or nine experts, quote-unquote, telling you everything's cool. I don't know if you're leaving. I don't know. Not in 1978. This was during a, a period of somewhat ignorant bliss. <laughs> this, and it's so funny because throughout the course of this, the government was accused of lying to people. Oh, you were lying to us. You kept telling us there was nothing going on, but there was something going on. There was this, there was that. And it was later revealed the government was actually telling the truth. It was the company that was giving them bad information. Damn. The company was telling the government, no, we've got this. Everything is no, good. We're good, we're good. Yeah, no, no, and no, so fine, they fine. would report to the people, hey, we've spoken to the experts. We've had our meetings. They've walked us through the plant. Everything seems to be on the up and up. You guys are great. But as soon as the government leaves to go do that, the company sits back in their room and goes, oh, God, we're fucked. Oh, God, what are we going to do? And... <laughs> So this was like, throughout the course of this documentary, you'll see people, this is the first time they, as a community, started going to themselves, I don't think the government is going to help us here. We got a problem. 44,000 people left as minute they said that. That, yeah, we're going to have to, you know, just make some precautions. Everything's good. Everything's fine. And then, a few more days go by, 
after the shutdown and they start realizing we have a nuclear reactor here that's off. Nuclear reactors need water coolant around it to keep it stable. There's no water cooling through. So they said, uh, you know, we, we got to figure out what we're going to do with this reactor. We got to get a bucket. We got to get, get a bucket. <laughs> Our board. So we got to figure out what we're going to do. So they had a meeting, top minds, right? They brought in the top minds. What are we going to do with this situation? In 1978, they've never had a situation like this where a nuclear reactor just came to a full, complete fucking stop. Mm-hmm. They don't even know if that's dangerous. They just... They just knew that the the rating was going, it was bad, and now they stopped it. They've hit the pause button, and we got to figure out what we're going to do. And they said, well, you need to defuel. And they said, what now? Nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, we can do that. They said, what now? You need to do what? They said, you need to defuel. So what happens is, is that with a nuclear reactor, if you don't have the coolant, it starts to heat. If it heat, it forms what's called the hydrogen bubble. Ooh. And when the hydrogen bubble pops... That's mm-hmm. where you get your explosion. Eight years after Three Mile Island, 1986, that's when Chernobyl happened. Oh, shit. And Chernobyl was a hydrogen bubble that popped. And the physicist that was on the documentary said Chernobyl had a nuclear explosion in 1986. That area, the, the town of Chernobyl is inhabitable to this day and will be inhabitable for the next few centuries. That's what happens when a hydrogen bubble pops. So they said, we need to defuel this so that we don't get a hydrogen bubble. And the day that they made the decision, okay, we're going to start the process now of defueling so we don't get ourselves in trouble, guess what the equipment registered? Hmm. They got themselves a hydrogen bubble. Nice. So, <laughs> he said, all right, this bad, this bad, this bad. Okay, let's think, 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 think. What was, mm-hmm. what was that thing mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle says? Like, like, give me a minute, let me think, let me think. The <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> fuel. So then the people, they went to the people and they said, listen, we have it under control. We have a little bit of a situation with the bubble forming. That's fine because the defueling process will resolve the bubble process. Right, it'll excuse me the bubble problem. Right. It'll 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 alleviate right. the pressure. So one right. of the ladies from the community said, "Well, how do you defuel a nuclear reactor?" Ah, good question. Yes, I love how question. people are throwing around the solution, and Great. there is no guide how to do so. Yes. Well, no, there is a guide. There, oh, there is a way to defuel. Nice. And they said, "Perfect." So if you defuel, then the island's not a potential dangerous situation to wait and to be happy. He said, absolutely. We're good. I said, great. So how do we defuel? See, so what happens now is uh, we have to take the head of the reactor and re- and remove it. We lift the head up and then all of the radioactivity from there will dissipate and then the reactor won't be a problem anymore. So I, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what does dissipate mean? Great question, because that was the first follow-up that a guy had when he said that. And this is why in my in your uh, your discussion, my stance would be, I'm leaving. Because okay. the moment I ask these questions, I'm out. But <laughs> it, but if you were if you weren't a part of the forty four thousand before, if you were still holding out, oh, they're gonna watch out. For I'm gonna us. hold out. I'm gonna ask some questions. It was the answer to dissipate 
that changed the minds of oh, so a someone lot of asked, residents. Oh, I like, just told you. That? I just told you. As soon as someone said it'll dissipate and then we'll be fine, someone said, "What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And where will it dissipate to?" Mm-hmm. So the gentleman it doesn't just invisibly yes. disappear. So the gentleman took a moment. He said, <laughs> "Well, dissipate mm-hmm. means when you have a enclosed enclosed container." Yeah. And it's filled with whatever it's filled with. Dissipating yeah, yeah. is the act of removing the top of that um, right. container. Right, right. So all of the inside stuff mm-hmm. comes out and right, is right. free to leave that space. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And to follow up the second question, where will it dissipate to? Yeah, yeah. He was very, the atmosphere. He was very slick about this. He said exactly that. He goes, it'll just shift off into the atmosphere. And for a moment, everything got quiet. And then some lady said, the atmosphere around me? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. So the answer is, in order for them to defuel the reactor, because remember, just a few days ago, they were saying nothing's coming out. It's not affecting your air in any way. It's all contained. And then they said, Remember that container that contained all the shit that wasn't going to harm you because we contained it? Yeah. We have it's to open to We have to yeah. open the container now. So So here's I would have You, you like, will be guys. So we're just letting you know now that you will be breathing it for like the next few days. If I was the government, dude, I would have walked up there tapped on the mic and would have been like, I'd be like, "All right, listen guys. <laughs> this is what's happening. <laughs> I I have a box. This is what That box is. is full of shit. And one of two things is going to happen. Either A, it's going to explode and then we all die. Or I slow leak it. It doesn't explode. And we die sooner with three with three arms, but we at least get to live our life a little bit longer. What do you want to do? Ooh. What do you want to do? You know, <laughs> I'm going to answer for you because I'm the government. I'm going to slow leak this bitch. I'm gonna go down to vacation. <laughs> I'm a slow leak this bitch, and I'll be back. I'm a, I got yeah. Wi-Fi. Don't worry. My email is still, you know, hit again. Susie, email. She's available. Jesus She'll Christ. be here. Susie will. My assistant Susie will be here, so you Jesus. can talk to her. Uh, I will be on a sabbatical for a little bit. You know, I just worked myself to the bone. People have been telling me for years I need a vacation, so I'm gonna take one now. Hmm. Yep. So they were like, That's "Yeah." Hilarious. To the, we're gonna let it into the atmosphere. We're just gonna let it hold on. Hold on. Time I out. Know, I know education's a little weak right now. So, but what does atmosphere mean? So here's so here's the thing. Remember, I told you the gentleman and his two assistants. They didn't get to the reactor. They hit triple digits and they turned around. That's how high the reactor must have been. So who's getting in there to pop the top? There we go. You're asking all the right questions, brother. So in comes the man named Rick. Now, Rick is his Christian name. That's the one his mother named him. But I call him. Oh, shit. Rick from Rick and Morty. No, not like that Rick from Rick and Morty. Oh, that show was a metaphor this whole time. <laughs> nah, not, not Rick from Rick and Morty. I'm oh. saying they, his, mom, his mama calls him Rick. I call him Legend. Oh, because he's because he is the man. God himself. This man has the biggest pair of balls nice. I've ever seen in my entire life. It's all true. 
Everything this man said is all true. It's corroborated. This man is a fucking legend. So I'm going to introduce you to my boy Rick, or legend as I call him. He is a former Navy man who specialized in their nuclear power division. Nuclear power is what this man does, okay? Yeah. And he was paired up with two other individuals. And they were part of a team that was going to come into Three Mile Island and... Save it. Not save it. It's dead. What they're going to oh. do is is they're going to they're gonna come up with a more safe and more efficient way to defuel the plant so that it minimizes all the damage. The problem is what we found out later after the fact the reactor not only was leaking radioactivity into that community already, but Rick did not. Rick and his team did not get to Three Mile Island and and begin the cleanup process till about I want to say eighty two. So and the accident was in seventy eight. So they have been telling the public everything's contained, everything's yeah, fine. Four years. Four of years leak. of straight up radioactive contamination and it started showing itself in the early 80s so people started getting sore throats you think a job like that pays bi-weekly cancer the cancer rates went up people were getting sick there was a woman who uh drove down the road where the plant was she was wearing uh it was like a drop top car convertible She's wearing your and living good towel. out there, huh? And when she drove by it, by the time her, she got to her, her destination, she had lesions on her skin. Her top, her top dropped. Her top dropped. Yeah, she had lesions on her body. Her skin was starting to fucking boil just being by the plant for a few minutes. It was becoming a fucking thing. So Rick and his boys came in there and they were like we're going to figure out what we're going to do with this and da, da, da. and there's a there's a, a a crane that they are that is inside the reactor already it's already in there and the point of this crane is when you built the reactor which by the way the reactor weighs 170 tons it's a big boy and the top looks a lot like a perfume bottle top you know how it's like got a little like think of a decanter kind of like where you. it's thick on top but it has that small little piece that connects that's how it, that's how it closes looks like that and the plan is is they're going to remove the top the radioactivity will seep out and Rick's plan along with the guys that he works with is that it stays within that facility and at the bottom of that reactor is a tunnel that they create that takes it off into the distance and throws it into the ocean. And throws it either the ocean or into an open... Or into someone else's atmosphere. <laughs> yeah, it goes into the atmosphere for sure, but they were trying to point it in a direction that there weren't any people. That was the whole deal. They didn't care about the wildlife. I, I mean, the fucking, the, I mean... Whatever. 
that's did, this did is they, the fantasy did they world compl- they're living. Did they completely not think about evaporation? No, they. It is. It's nuclear waste. Just, there's no. You're gonna. You're gonna have collateral damage. There's no way around that. Then contain it within the area. Don't send it into the water that can travel into the. <laughs> imagine. And imagine rain. the facility is in uh, is in Middletown, PA, <clears throat> but you live like in Hazleton, PA. And you're it getting is, acid rain. And you're on getting your radioactive tactics. It's like, wait a minute, that's not my reactor. Why are you bringing that shit yeah, over here to my house? Get that shit over there, bro. Fuck so that, that was the plan. The problem was, in Either order to I'm do... really smart, or these guys who get paid far more than I could ever imagine are really stupid. No, nah, there's probably more factors to it than we think. But the, the, listen to Rick. Right, so Rick. Listen, to, okay, I'm sorry. Listen to Rick. Rick and his boys. This is the plan that everyone came up with. The problem is, is that the crane that lifts the reactor top, the crane has been sitting in the same room with the reactor since the accident happened. Oh shit! So that can move itself at this. That's point. It's, it's become sentient. It's Skynet yes, now. Exactly. Uh, this is how Skynet starts. Yep. No. Uh, it's been exposed to high-level radiation for four years. Oh, yeah, that's right. It, they didn't even make it to it. That's been sitting next to it the whole time. The whole time. So, so it's just as nuclear as the goddamn reactor. So, so Rick <laughs> said, before we do anything, what is the damage inside the reactor? Because remember I told you at the beginning of all this, they heard a loud boom earlier in the process the day of the accident. And I wonder if that thing melted and fell onto the reactor. Boom. So it wasn't the Dude, it wasn't the crane. It wasn't the crane. Oh fuck. It wasn't the Dude. crane. What happened was is that the reactor, once the cooling process ended, the reactor heated up. And that means all the surrounding metal around it's the reactor hot. started melting. So Yeah, the, but but the jet roof. fuel but jet fuel can't melt. Still yeah, means. let's not get into that. But oh, okay. that's uh, we'll save that one for another day. I think September's okay, coming okay, up. Okay, 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 September's sorry, coming sorry. up, right? We can go back to that. Okay. But uh, the roof, like parts of the roof and stuff, had caved in on itself. That's what the loud boom was. Pieces of the facility were caving in on itself based on the heat. So Rick said, "Can we even move? Can you the even crane? physically get in? No, fuck moving it. Can I? Can we get a human close enough?" That doesn't melt or implode. Well, by 1982, they were able to get someone in there. Oh, we've evolved in four years. The the problem was is that the crane itself operates uh, in a different room, in the control room. Can you fucking imagine being the guy that has to go in there and do this? And you get into the fucking crane thing and all of it's melted. And it was like the, the 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 handles and none of that shit like it's all just melted into one solid well, block. It's funny. You, it's funny you mentioned you that. Be? It's funny you mentioned that because the answer to that question is very tight. Because <laughs> because a guy because a guy did it. A guy oh did it. Oh my god, dude! It's like, it's needed, like I watched this. They already. needed to see the extent of the damage, so they said, "Let's bring it." Remember, we didn't have drones and shit back then, or existential camera work or something they had to get a guy in there with his own pair of fucking eyes to see what's up you know what they took pictures but it wasn't really enough and they found out that the crane uh-huh it's not gonna, that crane's not gonna work yeah. that was no. part of the inspection they said that crane's not yeah gonna that's work. broke we're not gonna be able to operate this mm-hmm. not safely not carefully can, can it do it maybe maybe not Hell. and they said okay well 
the company itself said, what happens if we move forward with the crane that we have? And they said, well, if we pick that shit up, if we pick up the top of that reactor and the crane fails, we could drop the top. And they said, okay, all right, what happens if we drop the top? Well, at the beginning of the documentary, they introduced you to a movie that was made in the 70s. As a matter of fact, they made a point of saying it in the documentary. The movie was made about 12 days before this incident. The movie's called China Syndrome. And if you've never heard of it, it is a movie starring a very young, very rambunctious Kurt Douglas. Oh, God. And it's a movie about a nuclear power plant where they have an issue and a problem with their units and a hydrogen bubble expands to the point where it bursts and it causes an explosion downward and it causes such an explosion that it's almost like it exploded straight down into China. You know, the old people, the old phrase of like, <laughs> Yo, all right, they're getting out of control with their movies. Go well, ahead. But it didn't actually, that's where the, the phrase, it's an actual phrase that they turn into a movie called the China syndrome, where you have an explosion so big that it cuts through the earth almost to the other side. That's how, mm-hmm. that's a way of describing how big the explosion is. It's not, it's not literal, but they're just saying, you. yeah. So take you back now to, they're discussing this crane in the top. They said, yeah, if you use the crane to pick up that top, we may drop the top. And they said, well, what happens if we drop the top? They said, well, we're in Middletown, PA, which is somewhere in the middle of the state. If we drop that top, you just killed everybody in New York City. Mm. And they said, I'm sorry, what? They <laughs> said, you have two units, which means two 170-ton nuclear reactors. We drop that top. It's going to ignite, and we're going to kill the entire eastern seaboard of this country. God damn. And it'll be completely inhabitable because of the nuclear radiation. So it's not like you can even rebuild it. And 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 around it will be inhabitable, too. Yes, yes. The company in question did not believe that this could happen. They think it's, oh, you're just scared because of a movie. And they said, no, I didn't even see the fucking movie. This is just science. This he is, said, this is a movie? Yes, this, <laughs> he, this is going to be catastrophic. And I said, well, we're doing it anyway because we just don't want to spend the money to fix a whole new... It'll take us two years to fix that. And two they're trying years. To, and they're trying to get this shit out of the way because they're trying to get nuclear... They're afraid that the public will kill nuclear power and we'll lose everything we've invested... So I need this problem out of the way now so we can get back to work. They're planning on restarting this thing again. So the guy was like, if you use that crane, you're not listening to me. You use the crane, we're dead. It's not a matter of if. It's going to fail because it is already in failed position. It's going to fail. Right. And we're going to die. I just told you you're going to kill New York. We're standing right next to it. We're incinerated. We're done. There will be no evidence we ever existed if that thing goes off. And they're like, nah, we can do it. <laughs> so this shit giving they, me anxiety. They, they needed, they needed Rick's boss. His name was actually Larry King. It's hilarious. He went over all the schematics. He went over Rick's information, everything like that. And he agreed with Rick. And he said, I, I don't think we should do this. And they can't use the crane without Larry's signature. He right. has to sign off on it. And he's like, I'm, I'm not doing that. 
And they're like, are you serious? He's like, are you kidding? Are you serious? We're going to fucking die. Especially him, bro. You're not putting my signature Word. on millions of people dying. Yeah. Fuck He's like, that. no, I'm not. I'm not nah, signing that. I ain't going down in history as the so, asshole that murdered so many people. Yeah. So they fired him. Oh, they got they got a yes man they in there. They got a yes man in there. Oh, what a and guy. Then, he and just then, had to uh, have that 150 a year, huh? That's it. And then uh they brought in another guy who now was working over Rick and Rick Rick was like, You can't sign off on it either, man. Look at this information. And they looked at the information and the guy who looked over that information, the guy they brought in, is on the documentary. Mm-hmm. And he looked at the information, he said, I disagree. I don't think we're gonna have a problem with that crane. I'm gonna sign for it. And he was going to go sign for it when Rick decided he wanted to take this information to another group called the, the I think it was the NRC, which is the Nuclear Research Committee. They're the ones who are supposed to oversee the safety guidelines of all power plants. So they're moving out of the vision of those guys. Yeah. So he took the information out of the hands of the company and took it to the people who oversee the company. Right. He went to OSHA, essentially. Essentially. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Right. He said, look, this is what they're doing. This is what they're trying to do. They're going to fucking kill us. You need to stop them. And the NRC looked at the paper and said, you know what? I don't think it's that bad. And they were like, huh? They're like, yeah, no, I don't think it's that bad. I, I think you're just kind of overstating it. I think we'll be fine. Even if it drops, I don't think it's going to cause a big problem. And he's like, but I. The math is right here. It's it's like you ever seen that movie on Netflix with Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, the other girl? They're like, "Is there a comet coming or a meteor coming?" They're like, "Yeah, okay, but is it really gonna be that bad?" He's like, "He's go- he Rick is sitting here going, is these fucking people crazy? Yeah, we're gonna fucking die.' Yeah. So the NRC thing. was like, "No, nah, they're not doing anything wrong. They're allowed." So they had a date set to use the crane and move the top. And you, sir, are a tattletale. <laughs> well, the actual term they called him was whistleblower. Mm-hmm. So he decided, he wasn't a whistleblower yet. He decided when he went to the company and they told him to fuck off. Then he went to the NRC, they told him to fuck off. So he went to the news. So he went to the news. And not just slipped information. Guys, to I them. have not seen this. Here's... I, don't, I don't know any of this <laughs> at all. I swear to God. <laughs> he. This is why I say he's a legend. He didn't anonymously give the reporter some information or whatever they had a press conference and he came oh, to the press he represent, conference he represented he oh he stood right in front of he the stood right in front of it and said yep they're gonna fucking kill us and nobody was like all right this guy's going a little out of his way to kind of draw the attention they, here. maybe we should no, reconsider when he did the press conference the the company sent people to his home to kill him and they destroyed his home looking for the information that he had that proves that the crane is faulty. So they went looking for him, and they went looking for his kids, and they came after him after he did that. And he was on the run for a little bit there, but it was enough to convince a judge to step in and stop them from using the crane. Right. So they didn't get the chance to use the crane. Oh, God bless that man. And then he's doing they, God's work. And We'd then, probably all be gone right now, to be honest with you. We lived in New York. Well, well, I'm gonna get to that in a second. So uh the judge stopped the date. What year was it stopped? It was officially stopped, I wanna say eighty three. Dude. The year I was born. So Dude. they stopped it and they brought in some new people for the company. And the new people got the crane fixed. 
How it the took, fuck it, are they operating inside of that place? It took it took them a while because they have did to they do have it like in, new suits, new like, suits, they have... and they have to do it in shifts. It was a whole thing. Yeah, and so uh, they um, got the crane fixed. They removed the. It was so funny because the guy Rick was the one telling the story. He goes, "They got the crane fixed. New crane, new parts, new wiring, new everything. Double coated, whatever they it took to withstand the radiation." Takes the top, okay? Top comes off the reactor. They start the defueling process. And just to avoid anything happening, they place the top next to the reactor. It's like a, think of like a, like a crane game when it picks up the stuffed animal. Only instead of, when it picks up the stuffed animal, it goes down, picks it up, slides it to the side, drops it in the box. Mm -hmm. Same deal, just not dropping, places it down. Mm-hmm. Crane picks up the top. They start to defuel. They move to the side. Crane brings the top down to rest. Once the top hit the floor, not in a rough way, they placed it. The crane failed. They couldn't get the crane off the top. And Rick said that was a whole new system that they had just put in, and the radiation got to it so fast that it failed after we placed the top. If they would have used the original crane, we'd all be dead. Guaranteed. This is real? This really happened. Like, this happened in yeah. life. This really happened. So he might actually, in real life, not even go. He's God. That's <laughs> like, why I said legend. Dude. Because he literally stopped all of us from dying. Unspoke? That's unreal. Like, I literally got chills through my blood. Like, that's when he, he when, he's, when he was And here I am mad because I have to have a conversation with a co-worker. Dude, this guy is out <laughs> here saving this guy, This guy actually was keeping track. He has been, up until this point, after he blew the whistle and they started the process of building a new crane. Remember I said they hired new people. He was one of the ones they let go and they brought some new people in. But he kept tabs on it. You know, he was just, you know, he would reach out to people, see what the progress is because he was concerned. This guy threw his whole life away for this. He wants to know if it worked out. Well, he sacrificed his and they, and saved And they told him, they told him, they said we lifted the top, we set it down and we couldn't move that fucker. It failed. That's how fast the radiation got to it. <clears throat> that other crane was sitting and stewing in that bitch for four years. It would have snapped. The moment it applied pressure to and, the top, yep, that's it. and that weight actually we took on to the, all it would have snapped, it would have fell right on top of it. And you would have never existed. You were born in I would have never existed. And My you parents, would've, I would have been You would have never feet. existed. Yeah, probably, because I think, well, no, I would have died a month old. Yeah, it was but March you would've, you would have never existed. Like, yeah. that's not something you experience. You're just, you get deleted. Like, yeah, that's it. You delete. just disintegrate. It's done. It's right. You're done. So, that's insane. So, yeah, so he did that. And then, I believe it was 85. I was making the joke because it was May 85, and that was the month and year that Steph was born. So, I remember that date. About two years later, they finally got the reactor, the reactor, as empty as they could, it became safe enough to, uh, they were still wearing suits, but operate and fix things, and they were cleaning up and doing all this different stuff. But in those two years, they did an investigation on what exactly happened. After all this cleanup and everything going on and whistleblowers and all this stuff, somebody said, how did we get here? And they found out when they went back to investigate. They spoke to the people that were in the room and they started going over data. Remember that loud boom sound we heard? Mm -hmm. Where everybody was like, well, it's not coming up on the equipment. We'll worry about it later. 
The loud boom sound <laughs> uh, was a chunk of the ceiling that had come down and banged on the reactor and started the leak. Oh. And the leak sprouted out into the atmosphere immediately. And as Rick put it, he goes, back at that time, that wasn't really a precedent for using radiation uh, equipment to measure radioactivity that far away from the source. He said, but uh, what ended up happening was a bunch of scientists got together and took what he called a wild-ass guess (laughs) as to how much radiation was actually leaked out the first day of the accident. And they've concluded that in the first four days of the accident, there was enough radiation released out into the atmosphere that could have taken out, that if, that if it had been released on ground level, could have taken out the entire state of Pennsylvania. Jesus The day of the accident, which is the first, remember the first four days that they said, those first four days was the worst. Those were the four days they were telling people, nothing to worry about, don't worry, live your life as normal, do what you got to do, we got this. And they're getting poisoned to death. Uh, There were some doctors stating that enough radiation was released to the point where it could have started to change actual DNA. So that your children could be born with the side effects of that power plant. Of what that power plant did. Everybody who was in that town got sick. There was a woman on the show who was a little girl at the time, and she said, years later, after she became an adult, she had a string of tumors that went from the left side of her skull, down her chest, around her boob, across her abdomen to her right hip. It was a line of lymphoma that went all the way the fuck down, like 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 an Oregon Trail across her body. Jesus. Yeah. And she was never she she was only there for a couple of days, the first few days, and then they moved because remember I told you after the precaution phone call they all broke out. But though that first week or so they were all there, and that's apparently when the factory did its most damage. Right. Rick is a throat cancer survivor from being in that facility. Wasn't anywhere near the reactor. He was just in the facility. That's it. That's all it took. And it Damn. was funny because during the interview, he coughs. <coughs> and I made the joke, after everything we've been talking about, I got to ask about that cough. And it wasn't two seconds after where the interviewer goes, hey, can I ask you a question? What's the deal with the cough? <laughs> and he explained that he had a surgery on the left side of his face. There was some sort of cavity that was removed and blah, 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 because he had throat cancer. And to remove the cancerous material, they had to take a chunk out of the inside of his face to remove the flesh that was cancerous. And uh, and that's it helped him get over the cancer, but because of that, it's an airway now and it's a passage. And sometimes, if he talks for a long period of time or he gets congested from allergies or whatever, it'll clog up. And sometimes he has a trouble even breathing through his mouth. Mm-hmm. Now that's where the cough came from. It was he was talking and some air got in there or whatever and it choked him up. So this is the kind of shit we're talking about. And you were saying before. As, as part of the investigation, after they found out, not only did they lie about the poison gas the first week, we also found out that, remember, they, they didn't shut down the thing for like a week. They were trying to shut it down. They finally got it shut down. 
almost a week it took for them to shut that reactor down and the hydrogen bubble had already started to form. They found it later. But the hydrogen bubble already formed. And according to the numbers that they ran based on the gauges, they were 30 minutes away from that bubble bursting. Mm. 30 minutes. By the, when they released the gas? When they had finally shut it down. Oh, 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 oh. They, when they had finally shut the reactor down and the temperature wasn't rising anymore, the bubble had already formed. They found it later. The, bur- the bubble, when they shut it down, the bubble didn't pop, but the bubble still existed. Right. So they found the bubble and they thought, oh my God, we found the bubble. Let's do something before it bursts. But they had already, they didn't realize they had already done something. That The bubble had formed before the shutdown. The shutdown saved the bubble from bursting. 30 more minutes and that bubble, that bubble bursts and we have a problem. Yeah, pretty big problem. And for those of you out there wondering, remember I told you, in 1985, my wife's birth month and year is when they had everything defueled and everything taken care of. For the most part, it's still radioactive over there. But for the most part, got it taken care of, and got it cleaned out. 1986, which is the year after they got everything figured out on Three Mile Island, is when Chernobyl happened. Mm. Their, and I don't know how familiar you are with Chernobyl, but that was where the hydrogen bubble built up, and then it actually popped. Damn. And blew that fucking facility three ways from fucking Sunday. And that was the one where uh, the people in charge of that facility knew they had a bubble and left their employees in the building to fight the bubble while they took off and ran. Mm. Because they thought, well, if we have a chance to stop it and save the town, they're the best chance that we have to stop it. But I don't want to be here in case it goes off. Right. No, for sure. And there was an HBO. They they illustrated it perfectly because the HBO did a thing on Chernobyl. And that was from personal accounts. And there was people on a helicopter. You could see the helicopter take off, and they're flying out of Chernobyl. And in the background of the helicopter, you see the factory explode. Boom. Just go up like a plume. And they fucking Jeez. go off into safety or whatever. And they literally left these people in there to die. Not just the people within that plant, but within that community. Everything got eviscerated and burnt they made They made $20 an hour. They knew what they, <laughs> they, knew what they signed up for. Yeah. But yeah, sure. so that was part of the, that was the story that we were listening to, and it led to some pretty. There was multiple debates that took place, not just the part about like I said earlier about would you leave, would you not leave, but then it was the debate of if you left, would you come back? Because a lot of these people that told the story about where they were there from the beginning and then they left, some of them came back, <laughs> like after like. People were like, oh, we have it under control. They actually came back to the place. They Some of them still fucking live there. No, that's crazy. And I'm like, wait, what? What? So that was like another thing. Like, would you come back? Like, how attached to your home is it? Could you possibly be? It would be like, a, like if a bomb went off in New York and it's like, well, we shouldn't be here anymore. Bombs are going off. I know, but this is my home, right? This is like, I don't know. I guess it depends on the person. Like, would you come back? After some experiencing something like that, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't I know, know your tough. life savings. I get it, but people, I don't know. I'd have to figure it out. Yeah, I, I couldn't do that shit. That's I'd have crazy. to think about that. Then the no. other, then the other philosophical debate because this, the Rick was had two sons, and he had a wife, and then the wife died in a car accident. So it was just him and his two boys, 
and he was asked to go to Three Mile Island to help them with the cleanup. So he moved him and his two boys to Middletown, Pennsylvania. While there, he met a young lady who had a daughter of her own, and they got married, and they were all together as a family, the two boys, the daughter, and the mother and the father. They were living a good life, and everyone got close, and everything got good. And then he came home and told his wife about their plan to use the crane, and he didn't support that. He didn't want to support it. It's bad. They're going to kill us and all that stuff. And she wanted him to kind of keep his head down and just listen. They're going to make decisions. It is what it is. Just, you know, don't don't get yourself in any real trouble with these people, please, because this is a really bad situation. And then when he decided he was going to be a whistleblower, she really got pissed. He's like, you're going to you're going to get us fucking killed. You're going to get us fucking, you know, in a lot of trouble here. And he was like, well, what's the alternative? Let people die. Mm-hmm. We're all going to die. It's going to this is going to be millions and millions of people dead if I don't do something. And she's like, I don't give a fuck about all that. I don't want to die. I don't want my daughter to die. I don't want your boys to die. So she was basically giving him the ultimatum. If you do this, I'm gone. I'm not putting myself through this. So he had to choose between his family or us. And he chose us. She left. Mm. So he lost his wife from a car accident. Then he lost the second one because of this. She ain't a real one. Well, here's the funny part. The daughter, he was really close with the daughter. And... We didn't realize that at the beginning of the whole thing, the little girl who became a woman, the one I was telling you, they had the, the lymphoma going across her body. She was that little girl. Mm. They hadn't seen each other in years. They were reunited in this documentary. Oh, I know. Oh, that's nice. Emotional moment. It was nice. And he got to tell his side of the story, and she told him that she wasn't mad then, and she's even less mad now. She was like, you're my hero. Yeah. That amount of bravery, like you can't, you can't teach Mm-mm. that in people. Like that has to be Mm-mm. something in you Mm-mm. to just be like, yeah, I. This if is that wrong. man was not hired for that job, we're all dead. Yeah, him specifically. How many if that other people? Man, if that man didn't go into the line of work, that if he decided to just stay home and not take that interview or go to college or be a bum, we're dead. Actually, when he was telling his story, he said that he went to a recruiter's office to join the Navy to just be in the Navy, like Navy and Navy. And they told him no. And they were full on the enlistment list. The only spot available was the nuclear power list. That's God. And he was like, I'll do it just to get my foot in the door. But then he did it, studied it, and he kind of liked it, and he stayed there. That's crazy. And he told the story. He goes, my admiral, when I first got into the Navy, my first admiral, he told me, he goes, I want you to take this with you for the remainder of your career here at the Navy and and your remainder of of time with nuclear power. Whatever decision you make, whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. Just remember one thing. You better be responsible for it. You got to put your name on it. Mm -hmm. It's got to be yours. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, whatever you decide to do, if there's something that you don't want attached to you for the rest of your life that you can't look yourself in the mirror about, don't do it. Mm. And that man is the <laughs> true hero. <laughs> and he took that lesson with him everywhere. And when he was telling the story about the whistleblower thing, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to say. He didn't know what he should do. He said, all I can remember was that man looking me in the face and saying, be responsible. Mm-hmm. Can you look at yourself the same if you made this decision the way that your brain is telling you to? Your brain says, be safe. Don't endanger your family. 
Take your, you know the information you need to get. Take your information. Take your family. Get out of there. He didn't. He lost his family <laughs> in order to save the rest of us. So, wow. yeah. So she was like, yeah, you're my hero. I was like, me too. Rick yeah, is, me too. Rick is the best. That's crazy, dude. Because you watch something like that, and, I, and you know, I'm not going to lie. Toward the second half of that, I was pretty high. And I started, oh God. And I started thinking, I don't. Based on the way that that explosion was dis- described, right? I'm dead. Mom and dad are dead. Everyone's dead. Everyone that I know is dead. My life doesn't exist at all. At all. I'm a dead man. Yeah. And the only reason that I'm alive today to have the family that I have, to live the life that I have, mm-hmm. is because of Rick. Because of Rick? Because <laughs> Rick, is, Rick is a true blue superhero. I think I think a lot of people are too numb to really like take in what type of feat that is, and that man goes unnoticed until twenty twenty two. I've never heard. Yeah, of no, the, it's the same thing that the daughter said uh, because they they filmed them together, but they also filmed them individually, and she said the fact that she didn't know since what was his involvement eighty two eighty three. So I'm going to be forty. She was next, and she lived it. Yes, yeah, she was right there in the mix. And because she was a kid, they they didn't tell her why they broke up. She goes, I kept asking my mom, well, why aren't we with Rick? Why aren't we? Oh, because it needs to be this way. But why? It needs to be this way. She never told her daughter what the decision was. He told her in 2022. That's a fucking shame. She lost what she figured to be the biggest father figure of her life for 40 years. America's father figure, dude. <laughs> the real American dad. <laughs> Is that, Rick. That, that shit they don't shine a light on because it no, makes them and look he, bad. And he said it himself. He said, I never, I didn't do it for the recognition of it. I was in a position where I learned information. And it was just a matter of what do you do with that information? And he said, I would like to think that anybody else in that position would have done the same thing. I screamed out loud, hell no, we'd be dead, Rick. We would all be dead. Especially in 2022. I'm sorry. If that problem was to happen right now, we'd be dead. Yeah. That's an old era. school mentality, man. That's an old school mentality. You know how many people right now would get that information and just sweep it under the rug? They, they absolutely. would probably get out. They would Absolutely. They'd position themselves. Yeah, they would get out. They'd call all their families and friends. Yo, we're going to California right now. We got to get out of here. Hey, vacation, yeah, guys. Let's go to Disney World for no reason at all whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah, sure. we're out. Now that's yeah, crazy. That's a crazy-ass story. And I was just yeah. like, fuck. Netflix has sent me down a wormhole. There's another one for something else, not nuclear-powered or death or whatever. But I think it's like some sort of thing with the internet. Or it was like the, the web of lies or some shit like that. Like, they're, they're doing some sort of documentary about how much easier the internet has made crime. Oh. Like, yeah. Like just the way send, that it's, send me the send me the name of that one. Yeah, I, I got to get the name myself. It was in the recommended. When Three Mile Island was over, it gave me other documentary recommendations. I was like, "Don't do this to me, Netflix." Uh-oh, I was gonna send you down a rabbit. That's hole, how I said rabbit hole. I was like, "Oh, this is it," because I could do this shit all day. I love these Absolutely. things. I did. I had the same emotional roller coaster when I watched the the Challenger one. I think I spoke about that on the show, where, where the guy, there was a guy who was a part of the inspection team, and each section of the space shuttle had an inspection team for that particular thing right. so that nobody was overwhelmed and everybody had their own job. His job was the door. And he was like, this is not 
this is not going to work. <laughs> they couldn't get the door open to practice. Like this is something's wrong here. And he put it in the paperwork, and they were like, "Ah, it's not a big deal." <laughs> and they're like, "What? No, this is if you if you the only difference between this guy and Rick is he brought it to the commission. They told him to fuck off, and he fucked off. Right? And he he left it at that." And then when he was at home, like the rest of America, they watched the Challenger go up and it blew up. He got sick to his stomach. He ended up eating a bullet. He couldn't live with himself. Mm. Because he he told his kids, I should have fought harder. I should have did more. I don't know what I was thinking. You know, I knew this That's was hard, wrong. though, man. That's unfair. Like, hindsight, that's unfair, man. It's hard. That's hard. That's a hard decision. I know. That's a hard fight, man. That's and a that's hard just decision. The, the, yeah. part, the part that he, like, gets frustrated because he just – you know, like, you're just going to get pushed back. You're going to get labeled. Your whole life can be ruined. And then even if you were correct and you say, just like Rick, even though you're correct and you save the millions, you're still shunned. They're yeah, not going to shine the light back. on you. So you, you're done for the rest of your life. And some people, when you weigh that option, right, because we all know that, but we don't know what's on the other side, right? So right. do you take that leap and sacrifice and lose everything and sit there and stew in it? Or do you just let someone else deal with it and fucking go away and just live your life, continue to live your life? So that's a hard decision to make. But do, see, that's the thing. Hill. Do you continue your life? Because Rick ended up being right. They proved it. They, he ended up being right. But like you said, they never shined a light on him and he never got his job back. He, he was done with the industry after that. He never got. I'm sure he did something else after that, but it wasn't in the field in which he had studied and dedicated his life to. And for not for nothing, sacrifice his life for, and, right. and he never got that back. This guy, he did the right thing in the sense of he inspected, he did his job correctly, and followed through with reporting it and pushing it to the point where it got to a committee meeting. Right. It was after the meeting when they just basically told him, "Fuck off, we're doing this." Right. Where he sat on his ass. Rick didn't sit on his ass. He kept pushing until he got the job done. Right. This guy didn't. So while Rick is able to go ahead and actually live his life, this guy felt like he couldn't. Remember, I told you the end of that story. He that ate a bullet. Be able to either. I don't, that may, he that ate a bullet. He couldn't do it. That'd be tough. To sit there on that couch and watch that shuttle go up and watch it ignite from the exact spot you told him it would. That had. I can't imagine the emotion going through your body watching that. Like I can't. I, in the documentary, they had the they're adults now, but they they were kids at the time in 1988 when that happened, and they were telling the story. Our dad was completely distraught. He was never the same person after that. He stopped being our father completely. He was a shell of a person mm-hmm. for years. He was dead when those people died. He, he died. died it was just taking a while yeah. for him to get the courage to make it official, which he ended up doing eventually. Right, because he couldn't live with himself. Damn. He had the opportunity to save those eleven people. When he that did. pain, that anguish, and then follow it up with probably sleep deprivation for years. And that was eleven people. Can you imagine if you were responsible for Millions. the death of the exact entire the eastern state. seaboard? Yeah, multiple states. The whole mm-hmm. eastern seaboard goes up. And that's and that's 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 actual impact. We're not talking about, like I said, the miles radius of which that would have been a problem outside of the explosion. Inside. They don't contain in that circle. Yeah, that's true. And it's so large that it's going to reach the West Coast. Like I said, that evaporation, that moisture, that shit gets carried. <clears throat> so the ending at- to that three mile in, mile island story, by the way, is 
after 1985, when they defueled and everything like that, and everything got brought back to a regular controllable state, um, there was a hearing for the company that owned it. And when it was over, when they had found evidence that they knew about the leak when it started and they covered it up and they had paid the NRC money to keep them operating in spite of the fact (laughs) that they were falsifying documentation to the NRC and telling them, oh, we passed this test when they didn't pass the test. And they had had leaks before. Remember, they were only operational for two months. They had different documentation stating that there were leaks in the reactor mm-hmm. before that day of the accident. And they falsified documents. They proved all this in court. Mm-hmm. That these things took place. And they hid this. And they lied about that. And they put all these people in danger. And they got people sick and all this other stuff. In 19, and one year after Chernobyl, which was the bullet, you would think is the exclamation point on nuclear power. We had this big-ass accident. It took us almost six years to get rid of it. And then Chernobyl blows out. 1987 or 88, uh, the individuals uh, over at Metro Edison who owned the power plant got their licenses reinstated and they reopened up the plants. They became operational again. Unreal. And the residents of Middletown were fucking furious. And I was like, damn, they reopened it? Because the last time I remember hearing about Three Island, Island, they were closed. So I was like, how long did they stay open? And then a few minutes later, it had mentioned that Three Mile Island closed in 2019. It just closed, like a few years ago. Like yesterday. Right before the pandemic. And when asked why they closed, it was citing uh, competitive, was it uh, something about competition in the field? Because we're no longer, we haven't been about nuclear power in fucking forever. This country they is found, on a. They found they found another way to make money in bales. Yeah, they found it's the new. The, they found the solar energy uh, path. We're doing yeah. solar energy now, and so they just closed up shop and did whatever. But I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah, that radiation insane. is still in that area, and you've got a power plant operating. People still live in there too, because they just have no choice. And they got assholes on the that. outside looking in. We'll just move, will you? Yeah, that's where they come from. Uh, anyone that ever says that, and I get it. There's a there's a mentality behind that. And my brain, I would, me personally, I probably would just move. I would have moved, yeah. Figure it out. But I understand but, why they stayed. But at the same time, I'm not going to be ignorant and tell people to just move because people work very hard for their stuff. And when you're a kid, there's there's this bliss. But I'm hitting that phase of my life right now where I'm starting to realize a lot of things. Like a lot of things, I'm starting to like match things up to when I was a kid, and I'm like, bruh, this shit is hard. <laughs> like being an adult <laughs> is fucking hard, yeah. man. You got nobody to turn to. You're your own person. Every dollar you make, you have to make stretches. Me and my wife was talking about the other day, uh, just based on another situation of like a young young person we know, kind of making some some bad decisions and we're like well they're gonna they're gonna figure out life the hard way you know what i mean like some people do it that way some people do it the other way and we're like dude you know they think they have this much money right you think you have two hundred dollars and you start thinking like paying your bills and stuff like that but what people really don't understand fucking kills you is random shit like toilet paper and cleaning supplies you know what i mean you go to the store and drop like 150 bucks on things that you would have never thought you had to buy as a kid or so at least not you, in bulk. 
Right. Like you just, you're buying these things and you're spending a hundred, $200 a month on things like Brillo pads, pots, dishes, things that just were always there for you, for, for people when they were growing up. So they don't realize all the expenses. So now you fast forward after learning that and you see these people that have these full blown homes and places furnished everything, all their life's work and effort into this place. And you have some kid in Ohio going, well, just move. (laughs) It's like, dude, come on. It's a, it's a little harder than that. Like, sure, it might be common sense to me and you. Our, our brains are different. We're willing to live. I'm willing to live on the street if it means my family is not near a nuclear power plant that's about to explode. That's, that's just how I weigh things in my head. But it's not far-fetched to me to understand that some people would rather die than give up all of their life's hard fucking work and don't want to do it again. I'm not starting over at a new place, at a new, no, fuck that. This is where I leave. This is where I die. It's the same mentality behind, because um, that I think is, is like a huge thing. It's the same mentality behind uh, living in Florida. There's fucking tornadoes and hurricanes every year. Why do you still live there? Because it's cheaper. And yeah. I only got to deal with it. You know, I, my percentage of dying is only like. I was just going to say, if I still have my house. Uh, crossing Three Mile Island, I better not hear words like rent, rent hike, or yeah, additional yeah, yeah. No, property no, tax. No, 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 no. This motherfucker's staying at five hundred a month for eternity. <laughs> yeah, I better not hear fucking ridiculous words like that. You're out of your fucking mind. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I kind of want to watch it. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I see. I, I, I do stuff like that. I tell people. Yeah, this is what it was like to watch this. And then, like, my wife tells me all the time. She goes, as soon as I hear you describe it, I don't want to watch it because you, well, did, that's you told me, me. I you told me the whole well, thing already. I'm going to know. I think, <laughs> I think my wife would be super interested. And I don't even know if she's seen I got to ask her. There's but, a lot more information in that than what I gave here. I'm telling oh, you, it's, well, an, I'm sure. it's an I'm interesting sure. watch because I'm sure. you're starting to. I, I, what I like the most about documentaries like this, it's actually less about the facts. And it's more watching the people who lived it tell you the facts. Mm-hmm. Because when you start watching like the people who were there, you get a really emotional side of things. When you watch Rick tell the story, you see a more self-motivated, focused guy. When you hear the people from the company that are like, "Yeah, I read his report. I didn't think nothing of it. You know, it was acceptable to us." Like you just see the douchebaggery, and you're oh, like, yeah. it doesn't "Because this was forty years ago." 40 years ago, there was a fucking court case that took place. There was an indictment, and there was there was gentlemen that are still sitting here in 2022 telling you, no, nah, we did the right thing. Like, you really not going to die on that hill. You're going to take this shit to your grave. Now it fucks up their resume. Oh, my God. Yep, it's a real thing. Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, it's... it's uh, crazy how these people think even though the nassau thing your challenger where it was like you know they were talking about how the guy found the information in the door and all this other stuff and the guy who basically told the guy who ran the meeting the guy who told him to fuck off literally said the words based on the information that was shown to me that day at that meeting i would make that decision again today and these people are fucking dead and their families are watching this going, did this motherfucker just tell the world on Netflix? Yeah, but he verbal, but verbiage is very important. Hindsight. Yeah, based is what on the information that was shown the he's day. Saying, of, yes. 
he is okay with his decision. It's a very dark thing to say, but if you can think unbiasedly, I don't think what he says is out of pocket. He's going, based on the information that was given to me and my expertise, I'm in a position to make a decision. I made a decision based on the information given to me. Is he right? Did he, did he do it correctly? No, but he has to stand true to his own decision. See, here's the thing. I have to ask why. Why? Because, because honestly, no, no, because honestly, if me, if uh, the way I'm thinking about it, if he double backs now, it makes it worse. I think it makes it worse because if he goes now, after I analyze it some more, I wish I would have listened and stopped it. You no, think- but see, that's, that's, that's why I think it's a bad, no, that's why I disagree because the way you just phrased it, where it's just like, you know, I, I, you know, it, it based on this and this, no. If, if everything you were presented that day led you to the decision that you made, right? Mm-hmm. That's granted, okay? You made the decision based on what you saw. But you do know now that the end result was the death of 11 people. You can't tell me now something like, you know, mm-hmm. if presented with the information that was given that day, if made to make the decision, I would probably do it again. But in hindsight, knowing that that decision was based on information and the result ended up being the death of 11 people, in hindsight, I probably should have taken more time to investigate. In hindsight, yes, with the information that you saw that day, you made the decision but, that you made, but, does, but you it, now it, know it resulted in death. If it wasn't you can't backpedal now? If it wasn't edited to sound that way, because we don't know the rest of it, it could be edited. That's you true. Said that. That's you true. Said that. And they probably so took that the benefit, out. They could have. Benefit of the doubt. But it's not far-fetched to me that he may have said it in that manner. And if he did say in that manner, because in his brain, he didn't do anything wrong. And it sounds nasty but here's, because but of the situation. Let me, ask you, but let me ask you this. Does he really believe he didn't do anything wrong? Or is he yes. sticking to this in order to convince, continue to convince himself he didn't do anything wrong? Uh, that's a psychological thing. I would have to talk to the guy to think to see if, like, he has That's what I question. Does he it. truly believe I didn't do anything wrong? Or I think it, did he see just, that shit blow up and say to himself, I must have did the right thing, right? How fucked up would it be if you go back and you can like be the fly on the wall when it happens and he's standing there and he goes, ah, oh, fuck, you know, like maybe some math was wrong. Yeah, like I would like to have seen his face in the moment to see what his brain was thinking on what he in the moment where he made the decision. Why like, that happened? That I, I promise you, I, I promise you, he wasn't even thinking about the decision he made. He was thinking about something else. Well, that's how true to his decision I think he may have been, which is why he's saying here. In hindsight, if we rewind back to that, and I am conscious, I will make the same decision based on the information given. Well, another reason why I think he feels so confident is because that meeting ended with a vote. That's that's another part of the problem. He wasn't the only one. He wasn't the only one that he wasn't the the panel that votes on all things at NASA at that time. He was surrounded by educated peers. That's all. That's all. uh, That's all. uh, It's not unbiased. Like they all benefit from this thing happening, right? Successfully, work. Everyone's. They all benefit if it happens successfully. It didn't happen successfully. Right, but in their brains, it's there's nothing wrong. In their brain, in that moment, there was no reason to think that it would be successful. Exactly, we're good. So they're they're not they're not sitting there with the thought of. Like they, they don't believe this person, basically. There's not, like, you, all right, you don't know what you're talking, you're talking about a door? 
Back. Bro, do you know the math we do? Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Double We're check, good. triple check. We're gonna do this. Right. Like, come on, dude. You're talking about a But his math, math was correct. Good. Doesn't matter. That's the he's thing. A, he's a I have to question whether or not they actually looked at his math because of what yeah, you just said. It's a people peon. at this level will rather they trust their own judgment to a fault. Like there's a guy at my job. He's an IT guy. Very, very, very much like this. If you come to him with an issue that might be a systematical issue, he will straight up tell you his system is perfect. Jesus. And this guy works at IKEA, bro. <laughs> so what do you think is gonna happen at when you NASA, have these yeah. high-end NASA guys who's Ooh. been studying science since they came out of the womb? Not just that, they, but they get it right every time. They don't care that you know two plus two is four. Get the fuck out of my face. You don't know what you're talking about. I trust me over you. Right. Go away. But again, Which that's is, in the moment. Now, okay, they did all those things. Which you just is why I believe. But now the ship exploded. We don't which backtrack is why now. I believe in that moment, given the information and the people, his peers, the people that he trusts, not the goon saying something is wrong, he would make that same decision. I fully believe he truly meant that. And of course, of course, people are going to lose their mind because everyone's thinking in hindsight, whereas he's thinking within the, the moment. Like, obviously, he'd be like, yeah, if I knew that it was going to blow up like I know today, I wouldn't have done it. But that was probably not the question, and he answered it the way that he should have. See, I don't even think he would go so far as to say I wouldn't have done it because if you looked at the, if he looked at all the material, all the numbers, all the paperwork, and he still came to the conclusion that it was an okay thing to do, and then it goes up, and then it blows up, in retrospect, even in hindsight, yes, maybe I should have done more to avoid the explosion. But he's probably thinking in his head, what more could I have done? Who else do I take this to? Yeah, that's because the how many you know other why? people? How many people co-signed it with him? Well, that's where the they were like, "This is fine." You just said, "You just said, what more can I've done? Stop it, cancel it." But you cancel it under day. what? You have to have a reason to cancel it because NASA is going to push it through. The guy who was making this decision doesn't run NASA. I mean, he listen, was running man, this you're, program. You're, you're driving all the points that state. That his comment would like again, like what what else would he have done different? No, but see, I the reason why I question what he's saying is because he's speaking from a, a, a point of almost arrogance about it. Right? The way he delivered that line where he was just like, if given the same information, I'd make the same decision again. And it comes right after discussing, well, these people are fucking dead. Why is there so much confidence in your voice that you would do it again? You have because no apprehension at all he whatsoever. Was confident in the situation. The same people cross-eyed because he answered that question would be none the wiser in that moment as well. Right? Like they would speak up more if they knew the people were gonna die. They they no if one they knows. Knew. Yeah, no, yeah, one knew. no one knows. And that's why killing him for that makes no sense because you're arguing his point, which is in the moment, with a hindsight point of view. At this point, we're just going to argue because there's no reason to have this conversation. He's telling you, rewind the tape. I'm doing it again. Just off of what I know. And then you're saying, but people died. Yeah, we're, because we're this arguing guy, two different points. At this, this, point. this, this guy, the guy, I forgot. I, I wish I, I understand. Don't name. say it at all. You have no, just don't say that. I think that's my issue. Yeah, you have no Leave reason that to say that. Because what, was he here. asked that? Was he asked? Was he asked if he would do it again? Yes. No, he was not. 
He just brought it up on his own. No, the question that I believe he was at, because you know you don't get to hear the interviewers sometimes. Yeah, everything's edited. Right, everything is edited up. But the 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 scene, the way that it was cut up, was that they had shown some sort of footage of of uh, the crew, and then it was one of the individuals that was on the side of the guy who found the problem. Yeah, and he said, "If you speak to NASA now about this issue." You'll get the same responses now that you got in 1988. There right. hasn't been any pushback on that. In spite of the fact that the guy in question who found the issue provided all the ne- the necessary materials to prove to you that it could be a potential problem, mm-hmm. they never seem to back off on it. And the next thing you think you see is the guy talking about the meeting, going over the information, and then stating at the end, if given that same information today, I'd make the same decision today. I don't see anything wrong. And then they that. said, even knowing what happened, he goes, it's an unfortunate thing what happened, but based on, he right. repeated it, based on the information I was given that day. Because he wants to be clear. Yeah. He's talking present time, not He's hindsight. trying to alleviate himself from the fact that these people are dead. He's like, yes, I understand that they passed away during the course of this mission, but the igniting of that ship was greenlit, not just by me, but by a bunch of, I made the decision, it's my signature. But we all talked about this, and I wasn't the only fucking one in the room that said right. this wouldn't be an issue. That's a big point. Just because he's the one that signed off and he made the final decision, it's a, it's a combination of high-tier brains communicating and respecting each other's work. Which is why I say they didn't give a fuck about that guy. Because if they respected his work, they would have took this a little bit more seriously. But they didn't, because you have a bunch of other brains putting their thoughts together and signing off on some shit life work. These are what this is once in a lifetime opportunity to be a part of a team that does this. You're not just dealing with mathematics. Unfortunately, you're dealing with egos. You're dealing with people who are money. willing to sacrifice people. And the most important thing you just said, money, we investors want to see this shit go up. Yeah. There are a lot of and money. If to make we back out here, and give them some bullshit they don't care about, we are not getting funded for anything again. Because we'll that's the thing about again. a lot of these science things. These things are funded. Yeah. They're not coming out of their pocket. This is all government funded. If you're not progressing, you're getting cut. No one investing anything ever wants to lose money at that level. Okay. You, This has to go up. 100%. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. So, I don't know. It's easy to look at hindsight and feel bad and be like, yo, that was a bad decision. But like, in the moment, that's what I'm telling you, man. We're so desensitized. Like even with the Rick guy, dude, it's so it's so easy to look at it with no pressure on your shoulders at all, and looking at that scenario, like, oh, why didn't you just do this? Oh, you should have just did this. Oh, I would have did this. Yeah. No, nigga, you don't. You got you got nuclear waste coursing through your veins, <laughs> coursing you have, through your veins. You you have you have. Oh, there's people. When your brain works a certain way, you see things differently. So imagine this man understanding, if you could just draw a picture of it. If you pick this up and it falls, it go boom. And people can't visualize it because they don't comprehend the science. So, but the man comprehends the science. He goes, not only do it go boom, but it go boom big. Yeah. Real big. Big, big boom. Big, big boom. I'm talking like, Three or four states, boom, 
plus yeah. five with radiation. We're going to die. And then just imagine across from him, they're going, it's going to be okay. You remember the, will you remember Anchorman when he was with the cigarette? He was like, I don't believe you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They said like a bunch of shit. He just goes, You don't, don't understand you. the science. Those guys who are pushing for these things, they, they know, they comprehend the business. Yeah. Right? Like they don't know the science. That's what they have you for. They understand the business. And if there's one thing, businessmen, bosses, high tier level, they all operate on pressure, right? The drive of people. Right. When someone comes up to you, hey, this is an issue. How uncommon you in your life have you seen where people go, I don't care what the problem is. Get it done. Yeah. And it gets done. Fix it. Because because if you put people's back against the wall, you put their career on the line, it breaks these people down. But they don't give a fuck about that. Yeah. They want the results. You want to keep your $150,000 job a year? Get me results. I don't yeah. care who you break to get it. Get my shit done. And that's how these guys operate at an extremely high level that involves things going boom. They told and they don't give a shit. They told Rick when he first when he first approached them about the crane, they told Rick, I I don't give a fuck about any of this. Yeah. Get it done. <laughs> I need this room how does it cleared my out line? right now? Yeah, I don't yeah, I give a, a shit how you clear this room out. I need a fresh reset. You want a pipe? I don't care. You want to take the roof off the building? I don't. You want to get a barrel of monkeys with one of those Bro, air things? A, is whatever you want to do. Empty this fucking room out. That's it. He's in Zoom, like, bro. I'm in Los Angeles. I don't care if you blow it up. I'm just gonna start another one somewhere else. But if I can yeah. avoid that, fix it. And that man with all that pressure, all that knowledge, all that understanding on top of his outside shit where his wife putting pressure on him when he's trying to make a decision and going to leave him and he's going to lose his family. And he's got this daughter that he loves. He's got a, he's got a little daughter. He's got his boys. His boys probably love the girl. And he's being attacked. Bro. and, And now, and she's just on his ass. Put your head down, do what everybody else is doing. Let's move away. Let's protect us our family and this man's like bro i can't live with myself if i allow these people to die because these idiots are really about to move this crane and he he did what he had to do and he saved millions of families who will be absolutely it is i am 34 years old and i did not know about this man until today Hmm. that's crazy yeah my man Rick said he's the best. <laughs> what a man. A legend. <laughs> ah, all right. Well, that is our show for the day. We're going to get out of here. My family has already left me. Damn. They're gone. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> uh, just as a little quick, we I actually watched all of Obi-Wan. Nice. Yes, it was it was pretty good. I have a couple of things maybe about it I want to talk about, so maybe we can squeeze that in. Yeah. The goal is to I want to watch uh, the other one that we really really wanted to watch was the Doctor Strange. Okay. I want to watch the. How long is the What If thing? How the What If series. They're not long. They're for short episodes, and I think there's like eight of them or ten. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, I want to pump that one out first, and then I want to watch the movie. Have to. If I get to pull that off, because shit is crazy, if I can pull that off, 
if you want to talk about that next week, we we should totally do it. Yeah, let's do it. Because the Obi Wan shit was dope, but I have a few gripes, and then okay. I want to know what your big gripe was because I okay. know you had one. Yes, and you were gonna pop off on uh, Pombo's which podcast, did. which you did, and I we want I want to update on that. Okay, and I want to know what your <laughs> issue was, and then I want to talk about it because it was fucking awesome, but it also had some weird flaws that I'm like, ah, eh, I don't. It might just real quick in my brain. If they gave that shit three more episodes, it was perfect. So we'll talk about it a little bit. We'll see. All right. We'll We'll talk talk about about it a little more. I have a reason why. But uh, yeah, we'll talk about that a little more. But yes, I did see that. And I definitely I'm going to try to see Doctor Strange uh, this this week. So in the movies. No, dude. I was going to say, because it's on Disney Plus. No, no, it's on Disney Plus. And that that was one of the reasons why. And then we saw, we were we were reminded when we got it going that Obi-Wan was on there. So I was like, oh, fuck, let's watch Obi-Wan. Because I, I, I said we have to watch the other thing first before Doctor Strange. And we oh, just yeah. wanted to watch Obi-Wan anyway. So we got to see one. what if before you see Doctor Strange or you will be lost as fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to <laughs> see that. I want to see that. And I want to see Doctor Strange. I was talking all this shit and I just... Have no time. We have no time for nothing, man. All my days off now are just appointments because that's how close we are. Well, it's so, getting there. Yeah. All right. All well, right. Uh, I got Thor this weekend, so. Oh, I, I heard you know. that shit was bananas. I heard that shit was the shits. I can't wait. Wait, you heard it was I'm bad? Gonna, I heard it was horrible, but I can't wait. I, I, wait. To okay. be to be fair, and you know, and you know why people kept coming up to me telling me it was bad? Because remember when I was the only one on the Thor Ragnarok it was shit movie uh, uh-huh. island all by myself? Okay. The same people who were like, ah, oh, you're not giving it a fair chance or whatever, whatever. They all came back and messaged me, boy, you're really going to hate this one. I was like, what? It got even funnier. They were like, bro, it's nonstop comedy hour, bro. They just, they didn't give a fuck. It's all comedy. Oh, all see day. now, but that scares me to watch no, it. I was going to, I was going to try to sneak to the movies and watch that. But if it's all comedy, I'm not doing that, man. I can't, I'll do it at home. I'm not doing Read it. Read the comments on the, on the, on the trailers. Everybody's like, if they had just dialed back that comedy a little bit. But no. they did say Christian Bale as the villain Gore kills it. I'm like, all right, I'll give Christian Bale a chance. You gonna watch in the movies? Or are you gonna? Uh, I'm, pro- I'm probably not gonna get a chance to. I'm running around like a crazy person. But I, you know me, I find my methods. I'll get a hold of it somewhere along the way. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I'm, I, I, we do traditionally watch every MCU film in the theater every single time. But this one, I don't know because me and my wife, the first MCU film that me and my wife ever walked out of the theater and said, "Ew." Was Ragnarok, so I don't know how enthusiastic she is about going to a movie to see it, and I know my son doesn't want to see it, so that makes it even more difficult to go see it. Yeah. My son doesn't watch any of the MCU films; he's just he doesn't get it. So it's like whatever. So it's, it's like a little out of his time. Yeah, uh, he'll appreciate it more when he's older. So yeah, Maybe. we'll just figure that out. So yeah, well, so you get on your Doctor Strange stuff. I'll get on my Thor shit. We'll we'll really we'll really convene in the middle somewhere. There you go. Um. Before we go, there was one more thing I wanted to bring up. I'm thinking of going live. Okay. It's been a while. It's been a minute. I'm thinking, of, I'm, th- uh, I'm thinking about going live in about two weeks. For uh, what? For what? Nothing specific. Oh, okay. You just want to go live. <laughs> I want to go live, and I, I want to ha- have a fun 
live episode where we can uh, interact more with the audience besides something specific like a pay-per-view or something. Right, right, right. Because right. I used to go live before without that. Somehow it just divulged into that. So I want to do something regular. And I have no incentive and no interest in going live for SummerSlam. So that's out of the window. None. Really? That's none. None. I have none. I just... It, I'm not interested in SummerSlam at all. Is the card out already? It's not official, but you got change your mind. You got matches. You got matches like Happy Morgan, Happy Corbin versus Pat McAfee. Uh, Liv Morgan is going to do something there, so I'm automatic. It's going to be her and Ronda, which I'm automatically get me out of here. Theory and Cena is a thing that's going to be happening. Uh, Roman Reigns and wow, really rubbing this. Dude. Yeah, there are Roman and Lesnar for the seventeenth time, but this time last man standing. I I don't care. There's that's four, possibly five, that I just don't give a shit. So yeah, I I, I I got into the rant last week. You had missed it. That there's not a lot, it's not a lot of wrestling that's exciting me in the first place. So I didn't care about Money in the Bank. I my interest has not. Increase at all for SummerSlam, so we'll, I'm just going to have fun with the show. So we'll see what happens. Actually, I thought it would be an interesting time to bring the video game thing back into play. Okay. Because we get a lot of great responses from our video game stuff, mm-hmm. more particularly from you because of your history with it, your knowledge of it. They like hearing us going back and forth about the video game thing. Mm-hmm. So I thought it would be interesting to come up with a concept that we could do live. Mm-hmm. That would involve me and you and get more people involved on their comments and feedback on different video games and things like that. Right. So I'm I'm developing that now. I will send you what I have when it's all done. I'm trying to get more information copyright-wise on what I can show and can't show right. on a stream without getting it turned off. So uh, we did really well with the flyers. Remember we did the flyers for the roundtables? And I didn't get any negative thing from that so i'm thinking pictures are okay i'm questioning video what kind of videos i can show i think sounds are a big trigger yeah that's what i'm thinking too audio wise yeah i was gonna test it i was gonna turn my stream yard on and just play a bunch of shit and just kind of see what happens i don't know we've got time but i was gonna do something in that realm and i'm gonna send it to you and see what's up yeah. And uh, I was even thinking of doing some some other cool stuff, but we'll we'll come to that. I'm not even really sold on a date yet because I'm saying two weeks, but now that I'm looking at it, I'm going to be in Jersey again in two weeks. Uh, no, is it two weeks? I'm not sure. We'll figure it out. I'm going to be in Jersey again real soon because um, we'll I'm see. Of, uh, it depends on where I'm at in two weeks too. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so we'll yeah. figure it all out. But we'll thank you for out. coming. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for downloading and of course hopefully thank you for all enjoying the newest episode we will see you all next freaking week hopefully we'll both see you next freaking week (laughs) this is my daddy's 200th episode if you'd like to sew by t-shirts mugs tank tops beats to house phone cases Go to H-A-O-U-N.com. This is my daddy's 200th episode. This still keeps him busy. And he's not playing with me. So stop listening. But, but he's actually playing with me, so I won't fight.